0: This week on the Town Tailgate Podcast, it's trade deadline talk, and I don't know, Julio, I feel like we were kind of right.
1: Yeah, like uh, A for effort. When a's we are talked, good. I'll yeah. take an A. Uh, when we talked in the last episode about the trade deadline, we said the A's need a starter and a second baseman, and they got them, just not the guys we thought. This week, we're going to talk about the trade deadline with the Oakland A's as well as the rest of Major League Baseball, and on top of that, Chris, we had a jam-packed week of action
0: two whole games baby yeah. two whole games uh didn't pan out exactly the way we would hope but you know at least it was some a's baseball but with the lack of baseball we got to watch other things so i guess we talk up a little bit about that some basketball some movies so on so forth then we preview the coming week and uh that's pretty much it so uh let's uh let's let's start uh, unpacking the gear we're in the parking lot set up the grill let grab some beers and let's get ready to go what do you say julio
1: Let's do it. part where chris actually had a pretty good opening setup uh but just like this past week in oakland bay's baseball uh, things don't go the way they're supposed to
0: (laughs) bro trades on trades on trades on trades on trades every prospect that the padres has ever had still wasn't traded and they traded all their prospects welcome to the talent tailgate podcast i am chris magical you just heard julio reno (laughs) so i had a good opening julio i swear to god i just I don't know. I blinked for a second.
1: Yeah, yeah, well, blink and then you'll miss the A's only playing two games the past week.
0: <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, blink and you'll see them only make two moves. One of them was for a pitcher that we didn't need. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, two games, um, a few moves, some COVID scares. Um, that's been our week. So, welcome to A's. Baseball life, um, post-trade deadline podcast. So let's jump right into it. Um, news around the league—you guessed it—it's going to be the trades, MLB trade trades, deadline. Trades,
1: trades, trades.
0: So I don't know, Hulu. I think let's just start off some winners and losers. Hell yeah! All right. Yeah. So, do you have a winner? You I think
1: we—you've already mentioned it, but the the freaking the slam Diego Padres man. They, I, I love
0: that that uh, that they named it that too. That's so great.
1: Yeah, they're 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 not only I think they're going all in for this year, but with the flexibility of a lot of these contracts, they are they did pick up. They're gonna be in contention for at least the next two to three years. Obviously, the big move was Mike Clevenger getting in from the Cleveland Indians in exchange for Austin Hedges, one of their catchers, as well as some prospects. Uh, they also picked up another catcher, Aaron Nola. I was just about Aust- to say, yeah, I was gonna Austinola. say yeah, they Damn
0: lost it. they lost their uh, they lost their catcher, but little do they know, they picked up another catcher, Mr. Austin Nola. Probably the best young catcher in the league in the past two years.
1: Yeah, it's been he's really started clicking to get to Seattle, but guess what? He's not Seattle anymore. He is moved to San Diego. But guess what? Chris, they lost a catcher, so let know what? Let's get two catchers. So They got Jason Castro, veteran from Anaheim. Uh, They also picked up Mitch Moreland from Boston for prospects. Mitch Moreland, it's expected probably to be like the full-time DH as well as playing some first base for Eric Hosmer and kind of arguably one of the comeback players of the year, Trevor Rosenthal, who's had a pretty solid year with Kansas City. He goes to San Diego for some prospects. So at the end of the day, you make your team a lot better. And really, the only major prospect they gave up was Taylor Trammell. He was one of the highest-rated prospects in all his baseball, as well as the Padres system. Uh, but at the end of the day, they didn't really lose a lot.
0: Yeah. Um, was it wasn't it Trammell who who named them uh, at Slam Diego Padres? I I I don't. I think know. it was. Well, I think it was.
1: Well, the crazy thing was he was actually. They got him last summer, as a part of the what I can't remember the specifics of the trade, but it was when Puig was sent to uh, the Indians from the Reds, and then the Reds mm-hmm. had sent Trammell to San Diego, and then San Diego. It was this whole, I, it was this whole hodgepodge of yeah. moves, but uh, yeah, freaking Podgers, man, they're going for it.
0: So the the interesting thing about the trades and moves that they made was obviously they gave up a shit ton of prospects like I think it was 9 or something like that total which Tremel was obviously one of them um and but they the two like main players of their moves that they made they're locked up long term so it's like almost like an eye for an eye except this eye is ready now as opposed to three years from now. So like they're fucking ready to go. So Mike Clevenger signed till 2023 or uh, wait, I'm sorry. I,
1: I think, uh, or he's got arbitration coming up, but he's more or less team control. Uh, yeah. Team control.
0: You know, I mean, that's kind of what I mean. He, he signed through team control till 2024. I think he's up for arbitration this year. Um, Austin Nola, very similar. I think he was the same draft class as Murphy and those guys, maybe. Um, 2026 is a free agent. He's up for arbitration, not till 2023. Insane. But Trevor Rosenthal, free agent this com- coming offseason. That's unfortunate, but who knows? Jason Castro, um, a uh, free agent this coming offseason. But let's be realistic. Austin Nola is going to be the main everyday catcher. Mm-hmm. Jason Kasher was brought in there to be either a DH against right-handers or give uh, Austin Nola a break every couple days against, against right-hand and start in pitching, throw him in there. That's just kind of like a novelty piece that they're adding. to the
1: And disposal. they still have uh, Francisco Mejia, who he was kind of one of their yeah. guys that were excited about a couple years ago, since he's been in the league, he hasn't really lived up to his expectations, but that's a, Awesome catch and do it out there. A good point. They also another thing they got more stuff. They picked up Austin Adams, as well as Dan Aldavia, a couple more relievers from the uh, Mariners. So yeah, they're ready to make a run it. They're they're all like almost at that same level of competitiveness as the Dodgers. And if I were the Dodgers or any other team in the NL, and you go into division series with or a three-game series, and the one, two, three is going to be Paddock, Lamette and Clevenger. Dude, That's with that bullpen, that's scary, man.
0: It is. And, uh, of course, the last piece that they added, Mitch Moreland, um, he is a free agent after this season, but he's also 34 years old, so I don't know if you want him on your roster for that long in the first place. (sighs) But, you know, a nice little piece to round out the batting order as a DH. Um, Yeah, man, I mean... What do, you, what do you think the mindset was going in the deadline? Do you think that it was kind of like, we're good now, let's fucking go for it and go for the division? Or I just feel like the Dodgers are just such an immovable force at the top that it's like, I just don't think the division's even worth it. Or uh, I guess in a playoff series, it's a little bit different. I, it's just, I don't know. I don't understand their thinking necessarily to do it this season, especially after they're playing so well. Yeah, and but, uh, and, yeah.
1: And, and, and if you look across the league, too, um, a lot of teams were pretty conservative for most of the part when it came to making some moves. Um, But this is a thing Like, but this is probably the best way to handle the trade deadline is if yeah. you have the prospects and we know the Padres are willing to spend and when the time when Clevenger does come up for that arbitration, they're going to pay him for it if he's still going to be performing at the level he had with uh, Cleveland. And the Dodgers, they're going to be competitive throughout the whole time as well. Yeah, but it's it'll be interesting. I think it's it's this is arguably the best competition the Dodgers have had throughout this last well, the Giants, I would say throughout the last ten years. But the Giants also had some I mean, crazy luck.
0: <laughs> yeah, I it's hard to judge that kind of era with them because I feel like the Dodgers weren't as dominant back then. Yeah. Um. So it, the division was always kind of up for grabs from 2010 and 2015. Whereas, like, had the if the Dodgers team was playing now, back in that time, like, they, it wouldn't even be a question. They were good, but
1: they were still know, winning they were the fucking division. Stack now.
0: Yeah. yeah. I mean, regardless of how well Bellinger's year has been this so far this year, they still have two of the top five players in the league yeah. on their team. So, like, that's saying a lot. Um. Yeah, I mean they're a killer team. They're gonna be good for. I mean, uh, Nola and and Clevenger alone, like that, just improves so much. Um, to go along with Tatis, to go along with Will Myers, who's having a great comeback year. Um, uh, what's his face? Uh, Hosmer's playing pretty well. Machado's kind of like starting to pick it up a little bit. Like Dude,
1: Machado's like uh, like he's gonna be an MVP talks as well. It's gonna yeah. be – They have we talk about how. Oh, with Cody and Betts, they're two of the top five, in in baseball, but like, dude, at this, the way that they're both performing, Tatis and Machado are up there
0: too. Yeah, it's it's um, you know, the future's bright, and they gave up their future. I, I we might see the effects in eight years from now, but that's eight years from now. So it's like, you know, if you got it now, um, you might as well go for it. Um, all right, so another winner I got for you. The Toronto Blue Jays: Ross Stripling from the Dodgers, Taiwan Walker from Seattle, so bolstering up the starting pitching. Robbie Ray from Arizona, so you got three solid potential ace starters, and Jonathan VR. I don't know Jonathan VR. He's good. He's kind of like past his prime, but he's a solid little piece to add to the outfield.
1: All right, he's, no, he's a second. But he's got wheels. Oh, second base. Sorry, has yeah, got yeah. wheels.
0: Yeah, he's a little past his prime, but he, you know, he's good. Um, the pitching though is is interesting. So, okay, let's say the A's are not the one seed as we stand right now. Um, they would be the two seed, I believe. Uh, let's look at this. Yes, they would be the two seed. Um, had they be the one seed, they would have to play the Blue Jays. So, who would you rather play as an A's fan? Toronto Blue Jays now. Or the Minnesota Twins, or the Toronto Blue Jays after the trade deadline, or the Minnesota Twins. Who, if the playoffs ended today, that's who would the A's would play. That they would be the seventh seed, the, the Minnesota Twins.
1: It'd be interesting. I, uh, I, I think I'd still go Toronto. I'd rather play them because, yeah. I, I, I'm because of like the inexperience of the lineup as a whole. These are all second-year guys. Uh, at least their core guys with Bichette, Guerrero, and Biggio. And the rotation outside of Ryu, none of those guys have playoff experience as well. And that's some stuff that's really going to matter. Yeah. But if we play the twins, um, just like us, they're also notorious for choking. So two negatives make a positive (laughs) for somebody. But also like, I don't want to have to deal with anything with that twins lineup, especially Donaldson coming back. Yeah. And with Kenta has been pitching great this year. Barrios has had his up and downs, um, but I, I would still rather face the Blue Jays. How about you?
0: I would, too. Uh, those three pitchers that they got, like, they're impressive, but none of them really, like, blow me away where it's, like, Chapman Olsen and those guys can't handle them. I'm, I'm pretty sure they could. Um, and they could find a way. Um, if it was, like, you know, Padres and the Clevenger at the top, I'd be like, oh, fuck. Like, in the first round, that's one game that's going to be tough in a three-game series. Um, but, yeah, I, I it doesn't worry me too much. And the- um. The thing the is, twin, the the twin, yeah, the twins just offensive their power yeah. that they have in the offense. It, that that worries me. Like we could score five runs in three innings, but I, you know, they could also come back and score five runs as well. So I'd be a little concerned.
1: And the thing is, too, that smart on the Blue Jays end is all three of those guys are not having great. They're not having good years, really. Uh, Robbie Ray's sporting a. Seven, eight ERA, uh, Ross Stripling has been pretty big of a letdown. And, uh, if these guys can somehow turn it around, then you're getting some pretty quality starters for practically nothing because of how low the market is on them.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Any more winners?
1: Uh, not necessarily a winner for right now, but we got to talk about Seattle, uh, Taylor Trammell Just rack,
0: racking up the prospects. Yeah,
1: man. Like they Taylor Trammell. All this talk about him is he's going to be kind of like the future. And yeah. And another move we didn't really, we didn't mention with uh, Toronto is getting them getting Daniel Vogelbach from Seattle, but uh, seeing how well Kyle Lewis has been this year, Kyle Lewis is probably going to be like the AL MVP or AL rookie of the year uh, at the end of it. But yeah, they've got to. Like fast, like great outfield prospects out there in Seattle, and it's it's the smart thing to do because they know like the A's will probably they're going to be A's are going to be competitive going forward playoff positions for the next couple of years as long as Chapman and Olson are in there, uh, as long as
0: Billy doesn't trade the farm in the offseason. Yeah,
1: right. Um, Astros, they're going to be competitive as long as they can keep those core guys there for the next couple of years. But they're lining up, so when the Astros are done with their time and the A's are done with this core at the time, those guys are going to be up and ready. So, kudos to them. They're actually playing smart. And honestly, if I had to pick like a number two, like AL team if that exists, it's Seattle. Always have to have some left. Oh Seattle.
0: really? Yeah. They're just so sad. I just don't care for them.
1: Well, I think growing up too with. with Ken Griffey Jr. followed by Ichiro, like two of the most popular players in our childhoods. Man, like you got, you got to have a little bit of a soft spot for them.
0: I don't, but I get why you do. (laughs) Um, Taylor Trammell is number fifty nine on MLB's top prospects. Twenty two years old. Um, he was drafted. Two thousand sixteen, number thirty five overall. Let's see. He's a pretty yeah. He's a fast runner. He's got some power. Um, and he's a great uh, he's a great defender. Apparently, he's got fifty five on fielding, fifty five on hitting. So, impressive. Um, okay. I think I mean I don't have any more winners. Do you have any more winners? That's pretty much it for me.
1: All of us, because trade deadline is tight. It actually happened. Yeah, we were we made this far, but now it's t- this is our favorite part. The winners are always oh, yeah. great to talk about, but now it's time to shit on some teams. The losers. <laughs> okay, so I have. Yeah, I, have
0: I definitely have a loser for you right now, Let's go. and it's going to be very satisfying. The Astros, because they didn't do shit. Woo! <laughs> and they need to so bad. But here's the thing: we talked about it in the last podcast. They don't have anything to trade. They have nothing. So I guarantee they were pitching out like, maybe they were pitching out guys like, like uh, like Altuve with his massive contract and he's hitting one something and, uh, and Springer and like got people and, like GMs around the league were just like, no, what? Why are you kidding me? He's clearly, he clearly can't hit unless the unless cheating's involved. I don't know. It's just, it, it was funny to watch. And they have no young pitching for the future. Uh, they're two um, retired, not retired, um, uh, senior citizens at the top of their rotation. I don't know how well (laughs) it's going to last them in the coming years. It's just great to see the collapse of them right now.
1: Yeah, and the thing is, uh, we talked about this before we recorded, uh, they they have some rookie guys who actually look good so far into the season. Yeah. Uh, I was about to call him Stan Javier, but I'm like, no, that's not Stan Javier.
0: That's a a former A's player from Former Oakland great
1: Christian Javier, who's had a pretty solid season. You would have thought that because of this role these guys have been having to play because of the injuries of the Verlander that one of these guys on the chopping block, let's try to go get a Lance Lynn or try to go get, I don't know if Trevor Bauer was ever actually on the market, but they didn't do anything. And yeah. they're, beat, they're uh, Bregman's still hurt. Verlander still hurt. There's really no progress of Verlander. So to me, this seems like kind of a white flag, especially with, majority of the other competitive teams in the American League made moves.
0: Yeah, it was pretty bad. Um, Another team that did a whole lot of fucking nothing, Um, the New York Yankees. Um, That was very interesting considering where their starting pitching is at. Um, They don't really need bullpen help. Um, But you kind of talked about in the beginning of uh, before, not the beginning, Um, in the pre-show meeting, they have a lot of guys coming back. So it's kind of but, – but, but here's the thing, Julio. You said they have a lot of guys coming back. You named all these guys, you know, Stanton, uh, Judge, all these guys. But none of the guys you named are pitchers. Yeah, that's and true. And what they need right now is starting pitching, and they don't have it. Like, I would be, like, very happy if that was, like, the second-round opponent that we're playing. You know, like like I would not be worried at all, especially playing in Yankee Stadium. Like our guys could hit so well there.
1: Yeah, especially with I know we were you're a little bummed about it because you drafted him, uh, but like Garrett Garrett Cole starting to kind of get hit up a little bit. Uh, Yeah. James Paxton is done for the year. Their rotation, what they thought was going to be, where some people were skeptic about it, but I think most experts and Yankee fans are like they're going to be okay. They they haven't. They haven't lived up to it. Even if your number two guy is Masahiro Tanaka, who, you know, he's still solid. I'd be a little, as a Yankee fan, and I think somebody who's a big Yankee person, you would be a little nervous.
0: Yeah, one, 100%. And then I think their other guy is Jay Happ, who's like, what, 50 years old at this point? That guy is, like, I, I'm surprised he's still pitching in the league. Um yeah, now I'm I mean, just curious. I, I, I gotta look up his age. Oh shit, you're 30, not he's wrong. 37. He's 37. He's 37.
1: He's gonna be 30. Oh my god, he's been playing for that long.
0: Yeah, bro, he's fucking old, dude.
1: Oh shit, I forgot he was on the Phillies World Series.
0: Yeah. Uh, he's only one and one this season. He's got a four ERA. Um, it's not, it's not great. Jordan uh, Montgomery, not, terrible. It's not great for him. Yeah. So. I just yeah, I mean and there was there was a decent amount of starting pitching on the market that they could have gone for. I'm just surprised they didn't try especially with this really talented player and Clint Fraser just kind of like sitting on their bench getting a few at-bats a game. Like they had something out there. Um and they have all these long-term contracts so it's like they shouldn't be worried about the future because they locked up their future for so long. So I I don't know. It's just I don't get what Cashman was thinking.
1: There's this, a lot of um one, uh, one of these days, I'd like to get a Yankee fan uh, – shout out to the Schlatter brothers. They do a Yankees podcast with some friends. They call the Four Train Savages. Check it out. But uh, if I, I want to hear a Yankees fan's legit future thoughts about this team because it's like Aaron Judge is your franchise. The guy has not stayed healthy since 2017. Mm-hmm. You fucking paid a mountain of money for – on caller stand guess what he can't stay healthy your rotation is average and if if this if this is what Garrett Cole is actually going to be and he's actually just going to be like a instead of being like an ace and a Cy Young favorite every year he's just going to be like a top 15 top 20 pitcher that's honestly for how much money got paid that's not enough so especially when you see how good the Rays are right now there should yeah. be a ton of concern if you're Yankees And they're
0: guy. they're young and good. That's the difference about that as well. Yeah, and I mean, like, you look at their other, like, role players. Like, Gary Sanchez is the most overhyped player in, like, the history of baseball. <laughs> he's, like, the worst defensive catcher I've ever seen. Would you say and he's, he-
1: like, the Kyle Kuzma of
0: baseball? <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> one thousand percent. He's a Kyle Kuzma. Like basketball. if he was on 1, any other team, ever, nobody would care. And yeah. bad as I am, damn, yeah, I'm proud yeah. of myself. But for that but one. because he plays for the Yankees, yeah, that was a good one. But because he plays for the Yankees, people are all over him. Look, he hit 30 home runs, twice, but he hits like 230, and he and like, he's just a terrible defensive catcher. So like, I I just I don't understand it. And then they have Aaron Hicks. Aaron Hicks is fine. I I mean, he hit 27 home runs back in 2018. Hasn't done much since then, and he's another guy who just has a history of injuries. That's yeah. probably why he hasn't done much. But it's just like, w- there's a reason why they keep re-signing Brett Gardner to these like, <laughs> yeah. deals and bringing him back, because they don't have any other choice. They have no one else to fill their, their, their roster up. Luke Voigt looks fine, He showed, but the, this is like this season is a classic Luke Voigt situation. He shows these flashes, and then it, you look at his stats at the end of the season, and they're underwhelming. Like he's just like I, he's just this big yoked dude. And like people think mm-hmm. he's like the best this insane player. Baseball. Get but here. he's but he's not. He's not that good. Or he hasn't shown it at least. Um, I would be worried if I was a Yankee fan. You're right. I would love to ask them. Maybe we can get them on and do like a merger episode because I would love to find out what their feelings are about the future.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I
0: wouldn't be confident. I definitely wouldn't be
1: confident. No, not at all. And it it yeah. especially after like that. Seven, dude, after that 2017 season, I was like, dude, they the fucking Yankees are back. They're gonna be winning perennial World yeah. Series, and then yeah, they can't stay healthy. Their rotations just so middle of the pack. It's, yeah, there's a lot of issues. And dude.
0: I hopped on the I hopped on the hype in in calling out that I thought that they would be like an un, unmovable force at the top of the American League mm-hmm. this season at the beginning of the season because I felt the same way that every baseball writer was like they just have too much talent but then the same thing happens to them every like the past that has the past three years their main stars just fucking get hurt and they can't and they struggle a little bit it's just yeah
1: maybe they're just, they just need to hire like a new like athletic trainer if that like if that's the problem that well also too that's
0: that's what it is yeah
1: when you have two like titans of men with like judge and stan yeah where dudes are like six five like six five six seven like 250 like yeah like we don't see that in baseball like how the hell do people take care of themselves when you're that huge in baseball standards that is so
0: yeah who knows? That's literally just wear and tear on muscle. Like, that's what the sport is. It's the wear and tear on the same muscles over and over and over every day. Ready? Um, I'll all take. right, let's... Hot take. Has
1: there ever... Has there been a more overrated sports market over this decade than it always has been the New York sports market? What have they done, that market has done over the last 10 years that warrants any of that attention?
0: Well, the Rangers won a couple years ago. And then... The and then the Giants. Yankees in 2009. Yeah, that was 11 years ago. And then the Giants in 2012. Yeah. I mean... The
1: Mets? One in 15. I
0: mean, I mean three, two of their franchises are literally the joke of the leagues that they're in. So the Knicks are like... I mean, the Knicks are probably the joke of all of sports. They're probably the worst-ran, pathetic joke of all of sports. Um, the Jets are kind of like the joke of the NFL um you can all say the mets are kind of the joke of baseball <laughs> i mean but but the mets the mets aren't really the joke of baseball the way that they're managed is a joke of baseball because they're terrible but they're always they every like 10 years they make like a world series run and you're like where the fuck do the mets come from like you know that type of thing so it's just their their ownership is bad which is the reason part of the reason why they're new york new awesome owners. city but, overrated <laughs> sports teams but the Knicks, I mean, can we just talk about the Knicks? How pathetic they are for a second, because they are just a joke. All right, anyway, move on. <laughs> Sorry, I had to get my little my little next. Speaking Knicks of sports markets,
1: here's a this one is a kind of an yeah. and not necessarily a loser, uh, but it is a good talking point. It's the Dodgers. Uh, they stayed, yeah. Put. They didn't make any moves.
0: Except for Stripling, getting rid of Stripling, yeah,
1: getting rid of Stripling, which is yeah. uh, he was almost shipped in this last offseason. But at the same time, uh, Walker Bueller's coming back, uh, and their lineup is so good. How how can you make it better?
0: There's they no- don't. They don't need any moves. Yeah, they don't need. Yeah, anything. like they-, they they made the biggest move that they could in the off season, getting Mookie Betts. Like they're good.
1: And then like Gavin Lux after like a weird start of the year of him being like one of the top prospects in baseball and not being on the roster finally got called up. Uh, But for the sake of like having to think of a loser, I guess they kind of were, but at the same time they didn't need to do anything. So I mean, but in that standard,
0: if that standard, if that's the standard, then any team that doesn't make a move is a loser, which I don't think that's fair. But because they're at the because they're they're a contender, we have to assume that they're going to make a move. I don't think. I mean, it's not our it's not the rest of the league's fault that they were just so well r- front office run in the offseason that they made the moves that they needed to in the offseason, You know,
1: the one thing that is going to be a little bit of a concern, and uh, talked with a couple Dodger friends. Shout out to Ivan and Nick. But uh, when you get into the playoffs, obviously, Bueller Kershaw went to fantastic that 3 yeah. spot's going to be tough. Uh Julio Urías has been pretty shaky, uh Dustin mm. May same thing, and then uh Tony Goslin's going to be in the rotation now. Uh you have some kind of unstable guys in that spot. Whereas there were one of the teams that were supposedly in running to get Lance Lynn. I think you would feel super confident as a Dodger fan if that's going to be your number yeah. 3 guy. Uh we could also kind of trash. Th-
0: one one thing that's always been impressive about them has been their rotation. Going yeah, into, uh, and going I think that's another thing Tigers.
1: we could really trash. Another team we want to trash from all too is the Rangers. Dude, what were you doing not moving him? You could have. Yeah. Uh, sounds, I mean this this yeah. this
0: goes this goes hand. Can we can we uh, can we combine it because this goes hand in hand with the Reds. Like, what the fuck were the Reds doing? Yeah. Not, yeah. Dealing half of their guys. Uh, but yeah, Lance Lynn, the best pitcher in the American League, and you just stay put, and he's off contract in the end of the season. I mean. I think Let's no, he's see, got uh
1: twenty twenty two. He's
0: got next year. No, I'm pretty sure it's twenty one, bro. Here, I'll look it up while we do this. But but uh so the the, the Texas Rangers are they have thirteen wins, twenty two uh losses. Bad their winning percentage is three seventy one. They are nine games behind the A's in the AL West. Let's look at the postseason picture. 2022. They are. Oh it is twenty yeah. two? Okay they are tied for oh no they're in second in the American League for dead last they are yeah yeah it's 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 it, inexcusable inexcusable
1: it sounds like uh well because the whole purpose of with how they're <laughs> I will never forget the their tweet where they're like, "Who wants to face these three guys?" And it was a picture of before the season started, and it was like Corey Kluber, Lance Lynn, and Mike Minor. Yeah. And then they Corey Kluber got hurt, and then Mike Miner's not on the Mike team Minor. anymore. Mike Miner trash. Yeah. Yeah. And unfortunately, is. I yeah. <laughs> but I think I think if I was the Rangers ownership, I think the mindset would be once we're in the Post COVID world, hopefully by next season, then we're going to need to start selling some tickets in this new uh, charcoal grill that we call a stadium. <laughs> and, and it's like having an ace here, at least to start the season next year, along with whatever you want to call Joey Gallo. Hey, that's that's enough. But uh, yeah. You know, I, I don't know. I, I don't think it was a good move. I think they should have traded him, especially. And there was like rumors of like gallo was on the market and O'Dor. And you already mentioned it, but yeah, the Reds, the the Reds aren't going anywhere, man.
0: You have it. It. Uh, you you have Trevor Bauer. He's literally on. Like he. This is even worse with him and and than Lynn. He has an expiring contract this offseason. season. Get what you fucking can't. Don't ask like. Don't ask for the world. Get what you can out of him. Like, just so just so stupid so stupid and
1: um they're struggling uh, they're not a good team this year either
0: to be fair they they are kind of in the running kind of they are 3 games behind the giants for the 8 seed so maybe they can make a run but it's like i don't know it's it's not promising yeah. um and and once you get there okay you go against the dodgers in the first round <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't know, and and they made what? No moves, I think.
1: They made. Yeah. uh They got uh, Archie Bradley. They got Archie Bradley.
0: Oh, cool. Yeah.
1: <laughs> neat. And I think they got another reliever, but it's yeah. They. That's the kind of the downside of having this eight-team playoff scenario. Yeah. It's good because yeah. you got a team like the Rays who are like, hey, screw it, let's go for it, but then you're gonna have a team. That a little delusional, like the Reds, who are saying, "Hey, we've been playing bad, but guess what? We got three weeks left, and we're still in it." Whereas you're gonna kind of screw yourselves, you're gonna shoot yourselves in the foot in the future because you had an opportunity to ship somebody and pretty much get whatever you want out of him, and you did it, and now yeah. he's pro- you're probably not gonna be able to afford him in the offseason.
0: Yeah, I, I, I just. It... I think we said all that we need to say about about the Reds and 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 the Rangers. I don't understand it uh more the Rangers and the Reds because yeah. the Reds are somewhat in like fighting distance with a month left. But it's just it's just
1: uh it's it, just like with everything else with the with sports in the weir- and the world. This is a super unpre- unprecedented deadline. We don't know
0: yeah, yes. but at the same time, it's just like stubbornness, you know. Like, uh, I, 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 uh, I just don't understand it. I just don't understand it. All right, so let's go to some additional moves that were made. Um, this one was kind of an interesting one. So the um, Baltimore Orioles opening day starter Tommy Malone was traded to the Braves. They kind of settled in terms of starting pitching. They needed it, um, and they could have gone after guys like Clevenger and. Robbie Ray and those guys, but, but they settled for Tommy Malone and sh- sh- former Oakland A. Great. Is that what you're going to say? Julio? I was going
1: to say, dude, who would have thought seven, eight years ago out of that rotation of AJ Griffin, Tommy Malone, Brett Anderson, Jared, Parker. Uh, Jared Parker, that like the guy that's still pitching is Tommy Malone. Like Jared Brett uh,
0: Anderson's still in the league, right?
1: Or oh, and Trevor k Cah- oh no, Trevor Cahill was gone. Was he? Trevor Cahill was gone. He was gone. Yeah, he was already in Arizona or whatever. But like, damn. Good for you, Tommy. And, uh,
0: and Brett Anderson is on the Brewers? Milwaukee Brewers. Yeah.
1: Kudos, good job, Tommy. Um,
0: yeah, good for you, Tommy. Um, you know he he was always kind of interesting because he always had like good promising talent, whereas like he was consistent, but he there was nothing like stand out about him. He was never like a stud where you're like, oh, damn. Okay. Yeah.
1: Even back then, he was the number four guy in the rotation. Three or four I guy. think the, his
0: last year, but his first year, I think him and Jared Parker led off the the uh, the playoff series in 2012. I think it was Parker one and then Malone was two. Yeah, oh, yeah, because
1: Colon was suspended. Yeah. No, I think... No, it was...
0: Actually, no, Brad yeah, Anderson you're right. Wasn't, Brad, Anderson Brad Anderson was a was hurt. He was and three. And then he was, he-, he was healthy right before game three, so he pitched game three. That's right, yeah. Yeah. Um, Another team that made some moves, the New York Mets, uh, traded for Robinson Torino's from Texas, as well as Todd Frazier. To go back to New York, apparently, um, which was pretty cool. I mean, yeah, they could use a catcher. Um, they're in the playoff hunt, so any little thing definitely uh, helps. Let's see. Right now, they would be the... Where are they? Why can't I find them on here? Oh, they're three games back as well, just like the Reds. But they're in the hunt, so makes sense that they would go for someone. Um, and then uh, the Marlins um, traded for Starlin Marte. Um, for the, all these teams, by the way, traded prospects. Um, Starlin Marte from Cincinnati, Arizona. Uh, the Marlins or Arizona? Sorry, uh, the Marlins uh, are the sixth seed currently so that's going to be a huge help for them um Starling Marte is a spark plug um at the top of your lineup he's got speed he can he gets on base at least once a game he's solid fucking player I loved him back in Pittsburgh yeah
1: um couple things before we jump over to the next topic at least when it comes to this trade uh the Starling Marte trade reminds me a lot of uh Matt Holliday because hmm. uh Starling Marte was in Arizona for a month month and a half yeah and then they tra- yeah, yeah, yeah. after Arizona traded for him in the offseason and then he was gone so shades of yeah. Matt holiday with Oakland interesting uh, but two is there a, can you name a more disappointing team this year than arguably the diamondbacks the diamondbacks came had a Pretty, they showed some sparks. They
0: showed some sparks, man. Pretty
1: good year last year, despite being what 19 games back from the Dodgers. But they finished like 84 or like 86 and 75 or something like that.
0: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah.
1: They're like Tel Marte looked like a superstar. Uh, Like the rotation was coming together. They trade
0: Escobar looked good last year, too.
1: Yeah, Eduardo Escobar looked awesome. They trade for Starling Marte, they signed Mad Bum. And as of right now, they have the third worst record in the National League.
0: Yeah, what do you think that is? You think it's chemistry? You think it's like the manager that is not into his style? Like, I wonder <sighs> what the fuck it is because they have a good talent on there.
1: Yeah, it's – I think maybe – And they,
0: they still have like Jake Lom, They still have like some of these other guys that they kind of came up with.
1: I think it was just like a regression. Maybe this has had a lot of lucky – wins last year who knows because even yeah. though there, there were like zach gallant's been awesome this year too um yeah. a lot of these pitchers regressed. Who, who knows it might
0: that's got to be part of the main thing
1: yeah so it's kind of interesting to see them give up on the Marte experiment so quick as well as robbie ray who's been there for a while then archie bradley's been there for a while yeah and it's weird weird times there in arizona like it yeah is most I'm, of the i'm time.
0: I'm curious about what Marte's contract situation was because, like, here, I'm looking it up right now. Um, because it, if if he's off contract at the end of the season, then I definitely don't blame them for making that move because, I mean, w- it's the same thing that we talked about with half the... Oh, you know, he is. He is off contract, so that makes sense. I mean, he he's he's an expiring contract in 2021. Player option, yeah. So the buyout. Yeah. 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 Um, so that makes a lot more sense um, that, that he was the only guy that moved. But yeah, I mean, definitely. But here's the thing. They play in the toughest division in baseball, in my opinion. Um, a lot of good teams there. Giants are playing a lot better than people expected, thanks to the MVP yes. candidate race of Mike Yastrzemski, uh, who's on my fantasy team. Shout out, Mike. Yes. Um, Dodgers being the best team in baseball, and then the Rockies just... Shit keep in the plugging bed. away. They've been. What are you talking about? I thought they were playing well. No,
1: they do. They. Uh, well, one, they lost. Oh, they've fallen off a little bit. They yeah, little they're bit, yeah. they're definitely they're not the same Rockies that we saw at the beginning of the but season. But they're
0: only one game behind the Giants. Stupid eight. Um All right. Cool. I think that'll do it for around the league. So let's get into the A's. Let's be selfish.
1: Let's talk about the A's.
0: Yeah. If if you've been a rock, the exactly. If you've been under a rock the past week, um, the first move of the A's made, they traded um, the uh, Los Angeles <laughs> Angels of Anaheim, uh, Franklin Barreto, the, our, the A's top prospect for a good four years now, um, second baseman, shortstop outfielder, for Tommy Lastella, established, solid second baseman, top of the lineup type of guy um julio your thoughts on the move
1: love it there yeah i uh, what the biggest problem the a's have with their at their offense which is pretty consistent is uh one they strike out a ton and yeah. uh, unless they hit home runs they're kind of stagnant and mm. Tommy stella is one of the is an awesome contact hitter to have at second base he's Hitting 272 this year, he was an All-Star last year with the Angels, and he's got some pop. He hit, uh, I believe, like 20 home runs last year. Yeah, he has that pop when you need to. The Solid A- on the
0: defensive side too.
1: Absolutely, there's not too much of any major gaps with the A's lineup in terms of everyday play, and the one that was there was second base. And now you have a guy who's a former All-Star who's been a part of a World Series team with the Cubs back in 16. And he's now we have a, with Ramon struggling a little bit, and with Marcus coming back from injury, you have a guy that we can easily plug at the top of the lineup one or two hole while these guys get back to health and get back to hitting.
0: So one thing that me and Julio kept on talking about on Monday, um, going back and forth texting, um... So, when we got Lestella, which was on Saturday?
1: Friday. Friday, Friday.
0: yeah. Uh, we saw an opportunity where we thought that Chad Pender could have been a trade piece in a coming trade for a starting pitcher because with Lestella, that frees up second base and that will put kind of Tony Kemp into that like general utility role. Because for those of you who don't know, Tony Kemp is a utility player, he doesn't only play second base, he plays outfield, he can play third. He could also play shortstop if we need him to. He's got a quick lease throw, so he's not as strong a thrower, but he can play those positions. Um, and he's under contract until 2024. So Chad Pinder, established um, Major League Baseball player, we thought could be a nice trade piece. They decided not to do it. I think the Marcus Simeon injury was a part of that because they do need someone to cover shortstop for at least a couple games from what Bob Melvin said today in his press conference. Um, but yeah, I mean, it just solidifies things at second. It gives some of the outfield guys some more rest, gives some of the infield guys some more rest. Um, it's an upgrade and you can't be upset with an upgrade. It's a rental contracts up in 2021, but I mean, they're trying to go for, they're trying to go for it this season. So you got to upgrade where you can. And that was the really the only major hole in, in the entire team. Like we talked about starting pitching a lot last week, but it's not necessarily a hole. We just thought that we could improve where like there is a hole at second base. There's been there for two years since Jed Lowry left and we needed someone to take to try and like fill that hole. And with Listella, we do that.
1: Now uh, the other side, uh, we got Barreto who Chris and I were going back and forth all day about this today. <laughs> Because, I want to do
0: a rant segment, but it's best that I don't.
1: Because um, he was the last part of arguably the worst trade in the Billy Bean era of baseball, which was he was the last Easily. part of the Josh Donaldson trade. And it seemed like they were clutch. He, ooh, i got a new analogy. Can I, can
0: I just say this? Can I just go real for, quick? Yeah, yeah, go for for the listeners, this is what the Josh Donaldson trade was. We traded. The 2015 MVP... So, what would have been the MVP of the league? Easily our best player. for Kendall Graveman. Starting pitcher. Brett Laurie, Infielder, whatever whatever it's the psycho. fuck he did. Sean Nolan. Don't even know who the fuck that oh, is. Oh,
1: God. I forgot about that guy.
0: And Franklin Barreto. So, all for naught. And I just want to say one thing. Last year, they praised... The entire media praised the A's for the Jeff Samarta trade, but they're forgetting about this trade, which was fucking horrendous.
1: It's funny. Too, there was a uh, Susan Slusser had said that when they talked about this trade and actually parting with Barreto, uh Billy Bean actually did mention. He's like, "Yeah, it's it's kind of it was kind of hard because he was a part of the trade that I screwed up." So Billy Bean's on board of like, "Yeah, I fucked that trade up."
0: Good, um, he should be.
1: But I was gonna say. I, it feels like they held on to him for so long. It reminded me a lot of when Derek Barton was still on the A's team, even though he was just not a good at first baseman. But it was yeah. it was kind of like the you know what you were a part of the Tim Hudson or the Mark Mulder trade. Yeah, we're gonna make sure we get everything out of you. Do you see Barretto having a future? He's still like super young. When I want to say he's only like. 22, 23. He's 24. He's 24 years old. Do you still see the I, future?
0: Yeah, he's gonna be a solid major league baseball player. I don't think he'll be the star that we thought he was. Which we thought he was gonna be better than Chapman and Olson. We thought he was gonna be our best player. I don't think he'll be that, but he's gonna be a solid MLB player. He will be. He'll hit around 260, 20 home runs. They don't really steal bases in baseball anymore. So, probably not the main stolen <laughs> bases. But five years ago, probably 20 stolen bases, 60 RBIs. He'll be that kind of guy. But yeah. I don't think he'll be the stud anymore. I just don't. But I think it was worth it to get what we needed f- for this run. Yeah. And we'll figure out second base next year. If anything else, Tony Kemp goes back there.
1: Yeah. Great. And, um,. It- it's gonna be. It'll be pretty interesting what's gonna happen for him with the Angels too, because Andrelton Simmons' contract is gonna be coming up at the end of the year. Yeah. Uh, Joe Madden. Maybe they'll go
0: back to short. Is that kind of what you're? you're yeah, applying? it's a
1: possibility. It's pretty much this next month is just gonna be like, hey, what can you do, kind of thing. Like we're. Yeah. Gonna, because Joe Madden said in a press conference earlier today that he's like, we're gonna play him everywhere.
0: We're pretty much gonna. And, to- and what's great about him is he'll get he'll get to hit every day. Yeah. And fix and work on his hitting. He wasn't getting that for us because. Here's the thing. He was part of a plan where they, th- Billy Bean thought that like around now, 2020, this is, w- is when the the talent would develop and we would be good. This is when Chapman and Olson and Franklin Bretter will all come up at the same time and be good. Chapman and Olson were just better than like er- than earlier than we ex- than they expected. They were like several years early, 2000 2017. All of a sudden, they're just fucking showing up. Um, Marcus Semien turning around. And he became one of the best shortstops in baseball. So it's like these are things that we can't handle. And because of that, because of these guys being so good and being so good, so fast, and being competitive and in a playoff race, you can't afford to develop these guys in 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 the major leagues and get them four at bats a game. You have to like play your best guys. Absolutely, so it's unfortunate. It just didn't work out with him, and then we wish him the best. But. I don't. I'm just I
1: like to speak. But, and this is honestly kind of to go back to your point where, like, we didn't – unfortunately, we didn't have the time for him or the A's didn't have the time for him to get four at-bats a game because of how competitive they've been these last two years. Yeah. And with him going to the Angels where the Angels are in dead last, they traded um, Brian Goodwin to the Reds, opened up an outfield yeah. spot. Justin Upton's just taken up the bench – there's going to be yeah. a ton of potential for him to play in this next month. So, you know, again, hopefully he can get some of that potential that he ha- we thought he had. Um, but again, yeah, best of luck. We're you're playing with Mike Trout. Hopefully, you can teach your thing or two.
0: Yeah. So, the other move the A's made, a little bit more of a minor move. Uh, uh, no pun intended. <laughs> um, they traded uh, two prospects, Marcus Smith and outfielder um, and Dustin Harrison infielder, for um, Mike Miner, starting pitcher. Um, had a great season last year, pretty awful this season. Um, as all of you A's fans know, we already have a f- pretty full, pretty good starting rotation. Um, from what Bob Melvin said in his press conference today, it's looking like he's going to be mainly used as – we have a lot of doubleheaders coming up, which we'll talk about after the break. Um, he's going to be used as kind of like the sixth – guy in the rotation for all these doubleheader games to give, make sure that the starting pitchers get their rest. Um, also he has experience in the bullpen, so we'll probably see him as a long reliever in the bullpen down the stretch. Um, you know, Julio, I know you're pretty disappointed of the move at the time, um, because we both wanted to Clevenger or Bauer and we didn't, but, you know, after Listella, if they would have made no moves, I would have been satisfied. Um, this was just kind of like – and we pretty much – we didn't really give up much. I mean, Marcus Smith was the number 22 ranked prospect in our system, according to com. So, you know, it's just a nice little additional piece. I don't really have too much to say about it. We'll see how he does in these these doubleheader games we got coming up. But if you have more to say, you can go ahead. But I don't really have much more to say about uh, it. It is what it is.
1: Yeah. Again, uh, I don't know if you mentioned it earlier, but a lefty – Hell yeah! Yeah. Anytime we, anytime we can take a, another lefty, well, the more the merrier. Uh, but yeah, he he has not had a good year at all this year. Um, but I think a couple things that we got to be aware of specifically with the A's, they love bringing in these like project play pitchers who yeah. have kind of not had the best years elsewhere. All of a sudden, they come to Oakland, in the last couple months of the year. Pitch really well, get yourselves a nice contract. My, even look like the last couple of years, Mike Feiners, Tanner Roark, Homer Bailey, all guys who, one, were not on good teams and their records reflected that, and you can tell right now with Mike Miner being zero and five, and two, uh, you they weren't in the best ballparks to pitch so being in the Coliseum, huge. That's gonna be a huge dividend.
0: But dude, we talked about this last episode. Like, we don't need that. Like, our rotation is better than it's ever been. So it's like the The veteran who struggled this season but has a pass of playing good, doesn't help us right now because yeah. he doesn't even make the rotation. Which he doesn't. He doesn't make the rotation. Like especially with Mania playing well, like pitching well again. Like our rotation is more or less up to the standards of what we expected it to be going into this season. So it's like either we needed the blow away guy or don't even bother. But yeah. okay. because we didn't really give up much for him. I guess at the end of the day, it's worth it.
1: Now, a couple things. You you, you brought up a good point that, yeah, the rotation is more or less going to be set when we get into the to the playoff run. Uh, the three-pitcher is going to be an interesting point where he could be competitive with that, but if you look at who his counterpart would be as like the number six pitcher in the rotation, it's Daniel Mengden, and that's e- that's easily a massive upgrade over Danny Yeah. You have a guy who's a, who's been a veteran pitcher and another huge thing too because he uh Bowmel had mentioned that like there's a possibility that like he's going to be coming out of the bullpen, we're going to be starting him, using him for a little bit of everything. Uh, because he has that experience, he would Yeah. He initially came up with the Braves. He uh had a I, I believe he had Tommy John, I'm not sure what injury he had, but he was out of the league for a few years. And then he signed with the Royals as a reliever in 2017 and he was awesome. He pitched 65 games mm-hmm. and a 2.5 ERA and that he was so well, it led to him getting an actual starting job with the Rangers. Uh, Chris, you already mentioned last year he was an all-star with the Rangers, but on top of that, he had a 7.8 war and he was a top Ooh. 10, top 10 of the Cy Young ballot. Um, so there's the guy still has it. It's just one. It doesn't help when you have such a bad team like the Rangers have been here, yeah. There and I think just maybe learning to pitch in that new stadium. Who knows? But the more I have thought about it, the more I've actually really liked this move.
0: And and uh, one encouraging thing about it that um, Celesta reported because she talked to I guess Mike Meyer um, on the phone after he got traded. Bob Melvin, when he talked to him and said, like, you could be in, like, a relief pitcher role, he was very enthusiastic. He said, like, I'm in. I'm in for what I need. I'm excited. I'm just happy to be on a winning team. Um, so let's go. And uh, going back, LaStella, should we say the quote that he said um, when he uh, – uh, that he told Sluster as well when she interviewed him? Um, he said – Sluster asked him, it, how does it feel to be traded to the A's? And he says – he said, it's amazing. Uh, and she said, why Why is that? He's like, because I don't have to play the A's now. And I can be on a winning team and go to the playoffs. I thought that was just such a funny quote. So, both guys are very ecstatic to be here. Um, so, you know, I'm excited to see him play. And especially, uh, we're going to get into this more after the break. Marcus Semien being injured. Listella is a very important part of the batting order. Um, so, on that note, we don't have a featured segment this week because I th- we decided that our featured segment is the trade deadline talk, yeah. which was a lot of it. Um, also we didn't have any really games played this week, so, um, we're going to take a quick break. We're going to come back and we're going to talk about the two games that were played this past week, as well as preview the coming week week and, um, talk about the, uh, double headers we got coming back. So stick around and, uh, we'll be right back. Okay. Everybody. Welcome back. Um, again, it's going to be a shorter second half of the break because, uh, we don't have a feature segment. We're just going to go through, um, this past week's schedule and preview the coming schedule with doubleheaders. Um, so this past week we had two games, <laughs> a doubleheader um, against the Houston Astros on Saturday, the 29th. Um, we lost both those games, game one, two to four. Um, both these were in Houston, by the way. And second game was three to six. Um it was a very poor offensive showing, um, which was extremely frustrating to watch. Um, which has been kind of the case for a lot of our losses this year. Um I, I don't know. I mean Bassett lost game the first game, he gave up four runs, but I mean I feel like he's still was very consistent in the way that he was pitching. He only gave up six hits. Um just kind of like a bad day for him um his era didn't raise too much um the second one was a mike fires start and that was brutal
1: dumpster fires
0: um yeah um tough one tough one to swallow especially when it's the only only two games of the week Um uh, oh no wait i had the wrong start sorry that was Montas. that was a Montas start i'll
1: still say it dumpster fires
0: <laughs> Uh, five runs on six hits. He's, yeah. Oh, man. Gave up a home run, five strikeouts, two walks. All five earned. Not sure what's going on with him. Sorry, I totally mixed the days up. I forgot that that was his loss. Um, Loriano had a home run, though. That's and LaStella,
1: cool. <laughs> his first game that was the second game, he had an RBI. So sacrifice RBI, so there you go.
0: No, yeah, yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Yeah. Um, I don't know, Julio. I don't really know what to make of it. Yeah, it was such um, a
1: yeah, it was such a small sample size. Um and in case in case you didn't know, the reason why we did have a double header on Saturday was because the uh Friday game against the Atros was uh play was on strike as a part of the uh baseball like MLB's alliance with the Black Lives Matter movement when it came to the police shooting last week of Jacob Blake and the Astros wanted to be a part of it because they had the day off on Thursday. So they did that. And then that was
0: also Jackie Robinson day and, uh, RIP Chadwick Boseman
1: forever. Um, but, and then we wake up bright Sunday morning and guess what? Yeah. We have a positive COVID case
0: yeah hey. but that uh, all that news was weird so they tested positive on sunday morning monday morning no one tested positive so everybody's like maybe it was a false positive and then tuesday morning someone tested positive so i don't know yeah what a weird world <laughs> we live in
1: yeah we're honestly freaking our blessings the fact that it didn't blow up it could, this could have been so much yeah. worse. It could have been a marlins Carnell situation, um, and thank God it's not.
0: That We don't know who it is. We don't know if it's a staff member or a player. Yeah. Um, um, the odds
1: yeah. are we're probably never going to find out because it yeah. has to deal with public health. But if you all of a sudden see a player go on the DL this the next couple of days, then we'll probably assume through that. Um, yeah, but yeah, honestly, uh, uh, what's kind of your insight on this? I know I'm rather this would happened earlier, but because of how cautious the protocols are now and how teams are being more aware of it, it also is kind of smart that they did it now because it's like, all right, cool. Everybody instantly isolate. Don't see anybody. And then we'll see how this goes.
0: <laughs> I mean, I rather they just don't do it. Well, that <laughs> you know too, what I mean? Yeah, they just don't get, um, i don't know bob melvin said in his press conference today that everybody was being responsible and it's just like all right cool I'll take that with a grain of salt because like how do you fucking know you don't know what they're doing back at home um i don't know i mean my i'm more uh, i'm more disappointed in the losses than i am the postponement yeah um because that just means that we got more base more a's baseball coming up in the coming weeks which is cool yeah. um a lot of doubleheaders, like we were alluding to the entire episode, a lot of doubleheaders. But I, I just, eh, the losses are what bummed me out. And mainly because, so for the listeners, we're not picking an Essential Tailgate Tool of the Week or Player of the Week this week because we only had two games for the Player of the Week. An Essential Tailgate Tool, again, we only had two games, so we're just going to carry it over to next week. My Essential Tailgate Tool of the Week was Frankie Montaz, and he didn't have a shit fucking start. So it's like, I don't know. It just fucking sucks. Um... It's just yeah. so Lestella came in game 2 so we don't don't necessarily know exactly what we got out of him yet but the offense is just like it's just so fucking hot and cold and it drives me crazy like is it going to be cold when we get into the playoffs or is it going to be hot um I don't know what it is if these guys just like rally around each other but like they only got six hits in each game exactly six hits in both games
1: now you know, like you talking about Lestella right now I just kind of have a light bulb effect. I think something that's really smart, which is any other year, this wouldn't have happened. The fact that both trades came from in division is really smart considering that's all you're playing is your divisional foes.
0: Yeah.
1: I didn't even think about it's that. Good point. But, um,
0: yeah, it's, but it's the Rangers and the angels. So it's like, that, that
1: no, but like they're hard. still, they've still played the Astros all these years. Yeah. They've, I mean,
0: when wins for us too. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: And yeah. they've, they've, and
0: oh that's a good point yeah, yeah so, so like, like yeah components. it's
1: smart it's it's uh, the long term it's it's smart but yeah just saturday yeah. was not fun <laughs> Lock
0: no saturday was, fucking so it
1: was not a, a fun couple and, it's a, and like
0: especially like i'm so you like i'm looking at the box score um when i like you know leave my house a little bit to go uh, to do something uh as a, like a picnic and I'm like, okay, destined. cool. Like we're, all, yeah, 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 yeah. And I was like, Oh, we're, we're out. Like, you know, we're only down by like a few runs. Like maybe we can cut co- or two runs in the first game. Maybe we can come back, go to the seventh inning. And I was like, Oh, the game's over. Fuck. That's right. The game's over. Like, you know, like shit like that. I don't know.
1: That was another point I wanted to make too, oh, no. which, uh, yeah, I believe they were talking about this on the ACE plus podcast. I can't remember this Dave Feldman or Susan Slusser brought it up is, uh, That's kind of a scary situation that we're going to be having so many double headers over the next few weeks, knowing that the A's don't hit well off of starters. When their offense really clicks, it's against their other team's relievers. So there's possibilities where it's like, if if we have a starter that goes out for, uh, let's say Seattle and they go six strong and, you got, and they don't get a bullpen until the 7th, and if they close it out, then that's game. So that's going to so be a little do scary. You,
0: do you want to talk about that now? Do you want to talk about the preview of the week? Because we have a doubleheader coming this week.
1: Yeah, we have a um, doubleheader, but uh, before we kind of jump into the, the preview of the week and all that stuff, again, we, we had two games, so we don't really yeah. have a, a players of the last week. And... Uh, we couldn't really watch A's baseball, so we didn't really know what yeah. to do. If you followed us on Twitter, we saw we were making kind of jokes like, I <laughs> wonder what Matt Chapman's doing today. Um, so instead of picking up a player of the week, Chris, what uh, what did you spend your time this past – what were you watching?
0: So I watched a lot of basketball, which was awesome. Great game. Because tonight. they were so intense. We had two game sevens in the first round. Um, last night, Tuesday, the first was – Denver Nuggets versus Utah Jazz pretty in Jamal Murray versus Donovan Mitchell, which was basically a, uh preview of two of the future star guards in, in the West battling it out. Um, and then today was OKC versus Houston, which was the weirdest fucking game ever. The way it ended. Um, that's what I've been watching, man. Just watching basketball, which has been this kind of the story of the past like couple of months. Yeah. Along with A's baseball, um, and then also, I've been watching this documentary on Netflix um, about Frank Sinatra and his life, and it is fascinating. And I've been enjoying it so much. And I have never really watched music documentaries that much lately. Um, Interesting. What's it called? I highly name? it. I think it's just called Sinatra. I didn't, uh, it's, it's a PBS documentary, and it's on. Um, it's on Netflix. They they've been promoting it a lot. I, I would uh, I would highly recommend it's, it. All Sinatra,
1: all or nothing. Oh, okay. Well,
0: That's it. T- and and it's it it's like one of those things where like you you think from popular culture and movies and whatnot, you know a lot about Frank Sinatra, but you don't know a lot about Frank Sinatra. So you should watch it and know a lot of it. because he was like, I don't even know if I could make an equivalent of him. He was the star music and movies wise of the forties and fifties. Like he was, he was it like he was Elvis before Elvis. Basically,
1: I guess if you can say, um, if, if
0: there is a Drake, he was Drake.
1: Oh, I was, oh damn. No, I wasn't going to go. I was going to say Donald Glover.
0: Donald Glover's albums are good, but they're like, his albums were like number, they were constantly number one hey, Red- Red- on top of him being a fucking just insane movie star. But He
1: made Redbone. Classic. Okay, Uh, I watched maybe Donald Glover.
0: Yeah, yeah, but his movies weren't that good. Like, I don't know. Uh, Forget. He 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 won he won one Oscar like from uh, what's I think Eternity and Back or something like that. But like his movies weren't good. They were just like you know, like it was probably him just calling
1: women broads or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. Like (laughs) that's my lady. That's a trap. Like it's just it's yeah. I don't know how to yeah. Yeah. So what about you? What what did you watch?
1: Uh, Hard Knocks. Uh, super oh interesting God, season I this need to year. Catch up,
0: dude. I fucked. I'll watch that tomorrow. Yeah, it's been See, it, dude.
1: The Sofi Stadium looks awesome. They just did the first act yeah. So yeah, watching that. Dude, I've
0: driven by it quite a bit. The par 3 course that I play over here on the west side, I have to drive by it every time, and it's fucking sick. It looks sick.
1: That's yeah, that's Sorry. I got to definitely got to check it out once it does open. Um, watched a couple animated shows i'm really into harley quinn on hbo max fucking hilarious. oh interesting. it's hilarious dude like i think you'd yeah. be really into it and i also watched a uh a anime classic uh, samurai champloo it's been pretty awesome okay. it's fantastic music great story but uh the biggest turd of the week was on top of watching the a's lose a double header on saturday Um, I watched the new mutants at the rolls bowl drive-in and it was, it was total trash. It was, it was, it was was exciting for the sake that I got to see a new movie on a big screen.
0: They've been making that movie for like four years. The first
1: trailer came out three years ago.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So, um,
1: it was doomed to fail, but Hey, I can't be too mad. I got to see him on the big screen. And that was our life without Oakland A's baseball. It was really sad. It was pathetic. (laughs) And we're excited. Please, no more positive tests.
0: Um, exactly. All right, so the coming week, um, so tomorrow, Thursday, or, sorry. Friday. Two days from now, Friday the 4th, we have a series against the Padres, 640p, uh, Pacific time, um... On Friday, um and then Saturday's a day game one ten. Uh Sunday another day game one ten. Then we play the Astros at home on Monday, uh six ten start time on that day. And then we have a doubleheader, one of our famous doubleheaders we've been Ooh. talking about on Tuesday. First game starts at three ten. 10 the next game will start um, I think it's an hour and a half, typically after.
1: Uh okay. yeah, yeah, it's it's fluctuating. But I'd imagine it's probably gonna be like seven.
0: Yeah, so that day, if you're uh, working out from home and you're bored, um, you can watch Ace Baseball all day. Um, And then they finish off the series um, on Wednesday, 6.10 start time. And then a day game, classic day Thursday game um, at 12.40. Um, We have another doubleheader the following week, but we'll go over that next week. Uh, We have two doubleheaders the following week, actually. Wow, against the Rangers and the Mariners.
1: Sorry, go ahead. A couple things to point out uh, for this Padres series. I believe we're going to be missing out on Clevenger. He is making his Padres debut. Thank God. Yeah. Uh, he's making his Padres debut tomorrow. So, And I will probably be getting like Paddock on Saturday. And then uh, Dennison Lamette, who's been pretty awesome this year, will probably be seeing him Sunday. But tomorrow, or Friday, yes, technically tomorrow, we're going to have one of the pitching matchups or player – batter pitching matchups i've been looking forward to for months and that's going to be mm.
0: jesus lazardo against
1: fernando tatis
0: oh yeah yeah
1: especially uh again if you follow us on twitter if you don't already please make sure you follow the Town tag on twitter um fernando tatis actually had a uh a jesus lazardo t-shirt so he knows the truth he knows no, he,
0: no way that's yeah. so great
1: yeah so it's like this is going to be a lot of fun to watch that match. Yeah,
0: I mean, it. you're you're going against two guys that could t- potentially be rookies of the year for their prospective leagues. So I know for t- Tatis
1: was no,
0: he's a rookie, bro. Yeah, he
1: was a rookie last year. I don't think he won. It. You sure? It yeah.
0: Oh, okay. Well, uh, just for the listeners' heads up, the Saturday game this Saturday, um, September fifth um that game will be on F- fs1 it's going to be a nationally televised game so you will not be able to watch it on nbc sports bay uh california just so you know in case you're looking around on your tv and you can't find it it's going to be on fox sports so national tv game uh which is great two of like the most um popular teams in the league this season um so that's pretty cool
1: yeah and um another couple of interesting tidbits too is for this Astro series coming up. The for the first game of the doubleheader, the A's will technically be the road team. So
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah,
1: it's going to be really weird where they're going to be playing in Oakland with the A's as the road team. Let's see how I, a lot of teams Yeah, I wonder
0: how the like the in-stadium experience is going to be like that.
1: Yeah, a lot of teams in the past have actually played into it, so we'll see how they do it. Uh and this is also kind of the the benefit, instead of having a three-game series in Houston, even though there's no fans, uh, the Ace play tremendously better at home. So this is, at the end of the day, it's kind of a win. It's kind
0: of a benefit. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Um, and then so essential Tailgate tools of the week. Again, we're rolling them over. Mine was Frankie Montas. Hopefully, he bounces back. I think he'll have just one start this coming week. So. We'll see. And then, Julio, what was yours again?
1: Uh, I had the fringe bullpen guys as a whole. So That's right. That's uh, right. It was J- Jordan Weems, Lou Trevino, and uh, Daniel Mangdon. So, wh- again, just want to reiterate my point that one of these guys will probably be the odd man out. Uh, so now that it, we got Mike Miner, who will probably be getting some time in the bullpen. and then We might
0: see Mike Miner this week, actually. Yeah, they're Is saying for sure header?
1: he's going to be pitching. He's going to be pitching one of those days, especially with two yeah. two doubleheaders coming up in the next couple weeks. And um, AJ Puck's going to be coming back pretty soon. I know he had just been doing some live pitching uh, this past weekend. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, just keep an eye
0: out for that. Cool. I think that's going to do it for this week. Um, we announcement we have a very exciting guest coming on next week next week so make sure you tune in for that we are very excited about it at least um we think the listeners will appreciate it as well so make sure you tune in next week um yes julio
1: now we kind of before we forget about talking about this too uh we did mention we kind of alluded to it and we call kind of us a little tract about this this we got a bunch of double headers coming up yeah yeah uh and there so if you look at the September calendar. We have, over the next two weeks, so today is uh, September 2nd, which time flies, but over the next two weeks, we have three doubleheaders. We have one against Houston, we have one against the Rangers, and then we have one against Seattle. We'll talk a little yeah. bit more about the Seattle ones as we get a little bit closer. Next week for we next got week. two. remember, yeah. Yeah, but then, excuse me, the last week of the month, weekend of the month, we'll be playing Seattle again. And there'll be one more doubleheader. There's a possibility that, depending on where we are in the standings, that that game might not even happen. But there's an interesting stat that it's been kind of going around Twitter when it comes to all these doubleheaders. They're scheduled to play three different doubleheaders in three different cities over seven days from September 8th to September 14th. Are scheduled to play ten games over that time span, which is the most games the A's will be playing over a seven-day stretch since nineteen sixty-six.
0: Oh my God! Uh, so that's gonna be tough. That's gonna be tough. Yeah,
1: uh, I
0: think expect to see a lot of guys taking some, like a couple games off, or, or you know, throughout that stretch. I would especially say. with
1: Marcus recovery. That's when
0: Pinder and and Kemp are gonna be really important.
1: We got uh the uh, sheen out there. He's a pick and machine oh, or machine. Uh, but uh, <laughs> do you think that was kind of, I, I, again, the trade for Mike minor was a pretty minor move, but do you think as soon as they saw that, because I think they made the trade Monday morning, as soon as they saw, they got that positive test on Sunday. Do you think the front office is like, all right, we got to do something because like, we're going to gas our guys out over this next month because we don't have maybe. much time left in the season. We have, uh, starting from today, we have 15
0: games. What? Something
1: like that. We, yeah, we have less than four weeks of the schedule left. So there's not much yeah. time left anymore.
0: May. I don't know. I mean, maybe it, they made that move about 30 minutes before the deadline was over. So maybe, but I don't know. I mean, I felt like they were going for a starting pitcher the entire time, but they just and, and also they were going for a lever. There was rumors that they were they were like this close. I'm, for the listeners, I'm, I'm, do, I'm pinching my fingers very close. Um, they were very close to to landing Rosen, uh, uh, Trevor Rosenthal. So I
1: would have loved it, but yeah
0: I don't, I don't necessarily know what was going through Billy Bean's mind. I think they were always looking for just some form of a pitcher. Yeah. Um, And then they they settled on Mike Miner because that was just kind of where the market was. Um, And I guess they weren't willing to to give up a lot, which we talked about this last episode. Um, I was worried about that too. I wasn't willing to give up these two good outfield prospects that we had um, uh, that are going to probably be the future of our outfield with, with Ramon Laureano. I wasn't willing to give up these two shortstop prospects, infield prospects that we had and Logan Davis and, and, uh, and um, Toy totally blanking on the other one. I was gonna say Austin um,
1: Allen, but no, Austin Beck.
0: Austin Beck's the outfielder. Austin oh, Beck. Sorry, and, sorry. and Skybolt. Um, it's Logan Davis and and uh, um, Nick Allen. There you go. Um, so I'm happy that we still have those guys. I'm 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 more happy that we have those guys than we than than getting. Actually, I don't know. Clevenger would have been nice, but yeah. if it would have been something like Robbie Ray and given up a lot, I would would have been pretty <laughs> upset. <laughs> it's so. I yeah.
1: I could see this next week where we're gonna see uh just to like preserve arms and to kind of save some especially like the bullpen if we really see guys like Montas struggling a little bit uh of seeing a lot of shuffling between uh, San Jose and Oakland we don't yeah. be shocked if you start seeing like Caprillion 100%. coming up again Puck coming up and staying uh, Paul yeah. Blackburn coming like all these guys just coming back and forth because like. We gotta save some of these arms, especially again. Yeah. There's only a few weeks left in the season. It's gonna be a really. And oh yeah, forgot to mention. Uh, over the next three four weeks, days have two days off, and one. Yeah, if, that's brutal. Yeah, and they were supposed to have three days off, uh, but because of the COVID tests, the two of the Mariners games are gonna be a doubleheader on the fourteenth. Yeah. So. This is nuts. On the 12th, they have a doubleheader in Texas. And then on the 13th, they have a game in Texas. And then on the 14th, they fly... And then after the uh, day game in Texas on the 13th, they fly to Seattle. They do a doubleheader. And then from Seattle, they fly to Colorado for two games. And then Thursday off, so... Yeah. Best of luck guys. I mean, we'll
0: yeah, we'll see how it goes down the stretch. We'll definitely get more into that in future episodes probably when it starts to come, especially next week when we have two double headers next week. Um, but continued. it's going to be an interesting road and, and it's going to be very interesting to watch. And I agree. There's going to be a lot of, a lot of call ups and bring downs, um, in order to rest guys, get your popcorn ready. ready. All right. I think that's when we'll, we'll officially call it though. Again, we have a fun guest next week make sure you tune in. Um, all right, Leo, it's time to pack up the gear and head into the game. Uh, what do you got this week? What are, you, what are you sneaking in? Are you sneaking in some wine? Sneaking in some beer? I uh, saw you drinking Modellos.
1: I had a nice classic modelo, so special, but today I'm going at the Lagunitas Hop Stupid. Shout out to Lagunitas North Bay. Make sure <laughs> it's a bottle,
0: Longo. not a can, so that you um, can uh, get it through the be- metal detector.
1: And because we got positive COVID tests in the organization, <laughs> I'm bringing my mask and extra hand sanitizer. Always
0: bring that. Always bring that. Um. All right. Thank you for listening. Please subscribe. Please follow us. Um, we love A's baseball. We'll talk it more. And last but not least, Julio.
1: Let's go, Oakland. Please. No more positive tests. Woo.
0: Please not. The Town Tailgate is an independently produced podcast. It is written and executive produced by this guy. Chris Madrigal (laughs) and my partner in crime Julio Reynoso it is sound mixed and edited by yours truly social media management and marketing is run by once again my partner Julio Reynoso and a special thanks and shout out to my brother Larry Madrigal for composing and producing our theme song as well as graphic designing our album cover and artwork Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Please tune in next week. Please subscribe. And last but not least, as we always say, let's go Oakland.